Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And welcome to part two of the Mishi Solomon case that we are covering. Sorry if you had to had it. Sorry if you had to wait all that time. Um, I don't even know what that was. So. We'll go with it though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some some people have been hanging. They have for they a couple have. days. Yep, yep, yep. So when I left you. Miche was staying with nurse uh, Marchionette. Yeah. Okay. She just took a DNA test. She did. Turns out. I'm 100. (laughs) Sorry. Had to put some Lizzo in there. Of course. I appreciate (laughs) that. I was picking up what you were putting down. Um, It just came to me. Now, Marchionette was on the team of the investigation. Okay. Of whether or not Miche Salomon was the missing baby Zephanie nurse, known as Zephanie nurse, okay? Now, Michael, her father, was home alone and confused, and her mother was also still home, but confident to the police that Michelle was her daughter and that she, and um, Lavona, Michelle's mother, had willingly submitted to a DNA test, which... Miche had also willingly yeah, submitted to. Because they were like, this is absurd. We're more than willing to take these tests. Yep, yep. I'm going to remind you that Miche is just a junior in high school, preparing for what we would call prom, a big dance, the Matrix Ball. Uh, she had a boyfriend. She's 17. She's on the brink of adulthood and her senior year of high school. And this is typically an exciting time in a person's life, right? Yeah. However, for Miche, these memories are now tainted with the harsh hearts. You got a little speaking, accent going I on. I do. Speaking is hard <laughs> for me today. With the harsh realization that her whole life, as she knows it, might have been a lie. Miche spent the night with with a Marchionette, and she did feel safe. She had a nice big house. Her and her husband were warm, welcoming. And as I had mentioned in part one, um, Marchionette had a really good, did a really good job at explaining things to Miche so that she could understand. And so the next day. After the DNA test and this news hit, uh, she and Marchionette met up with the social worker, Leanne Goosen, who was originally at the high school dropping this bomb on her. And they waited for the call about the DNA. The call came early afternoon. Uh, Leanna Goosen picked up the phone and she began to cry. Then she started congratulating the detective on the other end of the phone for a job well done. And... Because the detective, Leanna, and others had worked for 17 years on this case, and it is now being solved. Leanna looked at Miche and said, you're the baby. You are Zephanie Nurse. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine for Miche what it was like to listen to Leanne Goosen congratulate the detective on a job well done. Right? And in real life. It's her life. Yes. Yes, wow. and keep in mind, remember from part one, Miche grew up in a loving, yeah. stable home, okay? To quote Miche from her book, she said, and I'll get to the book in, in a little while, she said, quote, and inside me, everything went dark. 
I don't know what happened to me that day. It was like the world went black. What's going to happen now? Well, they've arrested your mother. That's when it hit me. I didn't, I didn't cry, but inside to hear that the person that you love, the person that you call mommy every day, the only mommy you've ever known is being arrested, that's not a nice feeling. O- only criminals get arrested. How do you bring those two together, your mother and a criminal? How do you make sense of it? End quote. I just, my heart breaks for her. That is, so they immediately arrested her mom. Yes. Without knowing? No, they arrested her immediately when the DNA test came back. Oh, okay. Yep. Her mom. But there's no, I, I mean, right. pardon my ignorance, but there's no proof that her mom did anything yet, right? Correct. They just arrested her. WTF. Mm-hmm. While they were relieved to have the case solved, they just simultaneously turned this child's life fuck side up. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like they are showing much empathy for that either. That is exactly what my problem with all of this was, too. They're like high fiving, like we did it, and this right this person no life. empathy for what just happened to Miche. Exactly, they really did not wait long before telling her that her parents would like to meet her. Literally while they're oh sitting there. Oh my gosh, there. this is a matter of like, what, weeks? One, days? One day, Days Amber. this all unfolding. Yes. One day she's pulled into the gosh. principal's office and told, told, we think you're the missing Zephanie nurse baby. And the next day the DNA results come in and it turns out you are the Zephanie nurse baby. Hey, your real your parents ready to meet want you. to meet you. Wow, that is so, so much. So Cassidy really was her sister. Yes. Okay. Cassidy really is her sister. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's why. And they do look exactly a lot like. <laughs> yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy that they were in the same school? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. This case would probably still not be solved had they not been enrolled in the same school. Yeah. And they had moved away. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like they lived in the same place like that, no. you know. Oh, sorry to, to cut okay. you off, but I had a thought and it jumped out um so Cassidy's dad did Mm -hmm. he have a hunch Mm -hmm. when he pulled the he's like let me see a photo of your parents or whatever absolutely okay Mm -hmm. gotcha that's what I was kind of thinking but I was like wait a second that's why he was like smiling yes and he maybe he did he know like did he have this feeling he was on the phone with Leanne Goosen the social worker gotcha at, at that McDonald's that day okay and I do believe trying to take like her straw from her um, cup because he offered oh, to throw away their the garbage mm-hmm. for a DNA sample. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, so this wasn't in this book, so this is my, er, this wasn't in the book, but my personal opinion is that the social worker and the nurse uh, should have taken more care with Miche in that very moment. 100%. I'm, I'm not saying that they're bad people or anything like no, that. I no, think no. they, they got wrapped up in, wow, this 17 year old case is being the solved. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And it's so loaded because there is this, also, this victory of this family found their long lost child. So it's like, absolutely, holy cow! There's, I'm sure they're ecstatic that, wow, we figured out where our baby went. Yes. And then there's this other part where Miche's world's been turned upside down because she had a good life. She did exactly, wow. and she's bonded for 17 years with these people this that are an, her mom and dad. This is, it's not it's just juicy. This is like beefy. Yes. It's so true. So much. The best kind of, uh, you know. Oh, the it, chunky beef. In, in a steak, I would love this. In oh, someone's mm-hmm. life, Not it's so sad. Much. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you the, so the title of Miche's book that she has 
has wrote is called Zephanie, Two Mothers, One Daughter, An Astonishing True Story by Joanne Jowell. So I didn't want to tell you the title of it. Of course, it's always linked in our show notes, but I didn't want to tell you the title of it in the the first episode and give everything away. Yeah, she really should have just called it like, hold on to your butt. <laughs> For sure, exactly. You're never going to believe this Your one. ass is never going to believe <laughs> yeah. this. yeah. Grab a cig and some scotch and join me. You're going to do for sure. Okay, well, maybe that's our next podcast. (laughs) Grab a cig and some scotch and join us. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So she did agree to meet her biological parents officially. Um, The maturity that Miche shows throughout all this was really prevalent in the book and, and, quite frankly, quite astonishing because she's like, she recognized that they would be happy to see her because she's their child, mm-hmm. even though they're total strangers to her. Uh, Miche's biological parents' names are Celeste and Morn Nurse. And when they walked into the room to see Miche, of course, they cried. They hugged her. And in the book, she described how she hugged back, but she really didn't feel anything yeah. because she's hugging two strangers. I totally get that. For sure. She doesn't know them. Yeah. But to Celeste and Morn... They it's know their child. her, yeah. and she's been lost for 17 years. But Miche never knew she was missing. It's now, in this moment, that she feels lost. Wow. The, the irony yeah. of that, if you think about it, yeah. you know. So Miche had, I don't actually know if those are my words or if that was kind of like what was said in the book, just so you know. I may have just had a very profound thought. I just can't remember, or if, oh. or if it was, you know, just... It, said, yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, it's good. It is. It really is. Whichever one of you came up with it, I am <laughs> proud of you. I didn't have it in quotes, but sometimes I paraphrase, yeah, you know, it was yeah. in the book. But Miche, as I said, had a lot of empathy for what the nurse family had been through um, at the expense, possibly, of the person that she loved the most, uh, Livonia, maybe even more so than most 17-year-olds would. Miche described in the book that she tried to have a relationship with the nurse family. And like I said, read her book, support her. There is so much. It's such a good book. There's so much there that I that I just couldn't include for time's sake and just because you should read her book. But she she said, listen, I tried to have a really good relationship with the nurse family because her mother had raised her so well. You know, she was afraid that between the media painting her mom in a bad light, like, you know, as a kidnapper and things like that, she felt like if I have a relationship with these people, I can show them what type of woman that she raised, that she's not a bad person. You know, if she made this mistake, it was a mistake that she's going to have consequences for. But she didn't. She's not a horrible human being. You know, she raised someone that has empathy that is caring, that is a good person. And she wanted to show the world that her parents had raised her really well, that they had treated her well, and that she was a reflection of them. So in, you know, in these moments when she's going through all this trauma of her own, she's thinking of that. So when all of this unfolded, did she have to go live with them or what happened I you might be wondering this is my next sentence you might be wondering what happened with Michael and Livonia when the news broke yeah (laughs) yeah yes so she did um just to answer your question she did have to stay with Marshana for about two weeks okay um and then she was able to they kind of let her make a choice she's 17 I'm glad to hear that because 
number one, she's 17. And number two, you know, she's been used to this family that Mm -hmm. they know has taken good care of her. Mm -hmm. And just for her to force her to be like, you, sorry, you have to go. Now you're with your biological parents. I'm glad they at least gave her. her Who are divorced. So then choose which parent you're going to live with. Yeah. So at least they had some reason there Mm -hmm. with like, okay, she's almost an adult. And yep. Initially, Michael was able to return home with Livonia while they waited for the test results. And the whole time, Livonia was reassuring him that everything would be okay because she did not take Miche. Okay. Then they're called down to the police station the next day. Livonia was questioned again. Then they let them know that Miche was the Zephanie nurse baby, and they arrested Livonia right then and there. She was panicked but told Michael that she did not take the child and that it would be okay. Michael went home to an empty house. Here is where I'm going to fill in some gaps because I'm sure you all have a lot of questions. Oh, I let me get my scroll <laughs> out <laughs> in your spectacles. Rolling, uh, yes. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. Yep. I don't want you going on believing that Michael is a sneaky man who aided his wife in stealing a baby. Okay. Lavona was pregnant with Michael's child. Michael saw her stomach growing, saw her body changing. He took care of her and Gerald, and he went to work every day, and he lived his life. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was like, okay, obviously Michael is knows that there was a pregnancy, of right? Some kind. Right. Like, what is it, what is yes. happening? Yep. But he wasn't there for the birth. Remember what I said in part one? Oh my, I do. He wasn't there for the birth. Unbeknownst to him, Livonia miscarried, as she had an extensive history of doing, and she had suffered many miscarriages throughout her life. She did not tell Michael of the miscarriage. Um, one day close to her due date, Michael arrived home uh, to Livonia. It was like a late miscarriage This that had happened in this pregnancy, by the way. So one day close to her due date, Michael arrived home to Livonia and Miche, and she told him that while at work, she had given birth, and the hospital released her because she and Miche were doing great. Like, no big deal. Michael's an electrician, people. He's not a doctor. He wasn't present for his um, first daughter's birth that he had with another child. So he has no knowledge of these things. He also loved and trusted his wife and her word. And I will point out that he still does to this day, as a matter of fact. It would be a long time before Michael or Miche would learn Lavona's side of the story. Um, because Miche was not allowed to visit her mom before the trial. And Michael did not speak about the case when he visited with her. So he was cleared because he wasn't there? Yeah, he... At the time of the birth? He legitimately, yes, had nothing to do with any of this. Gotcha. Yep. It was not until Lavona testified in court a year later that they would learn what her side of the story was. They weren't also able to get an interview for her um, for the book, so some gaps had to be filled in just from her testimony, okay? According to Lavona, when she miscarried Michael's baby... She was waiting for paperwork on a bench and was approached by a woman who told her that she helped to connect women who have issues conceiving to women who want to give their baby up. She told her that if she was willing to pay money, then this woman could make it happen. The woman's name was said to just be Sylvia. That's how she introduced herself to Lavona, according to Lavona. Uh, Lavona did not have the last name or contact information 17 years later. She said that she was contacted by Sylvia and told Lavona that she had a baby for her. But the mother does not want to meet the adoptive parents. She said she met Sylvia in a town and was handed Miche, and she paid the money. 
Sylvia told her that she would provide a proper adoption paperwork at a later date. When Miche was six, Lavona did travel to another town and got a birth certificate, and the court records showed, showed that the detectives knew of her trip, which she had said she took to meet a friend. There is no adoption paperwork that we know of, but Miche does recall seeing papers in her mother's desk, desks, yeah, in her mother's desk with the word adoption on it when she was like 12, but she wasn't supposed to be in there, so she just left it alone. So Lavona's defense has always been that she did not steal Miche, but was given, was given her thinking that she was adopting her from someone who did not want her. Now, let me tell you the story as the world knew it for 17 years while Zephanie Nurse was missing. Because remember, I've told you this story from different perspectives, but South Africa media has been covering the missing yeah. case of Zephanie Nurse for 17 years. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, on her birthday, Zephanie's birthday, there was always like a, a cake and this big memorial to remember her by not memorial I don't want to say memorial but just event to bring her back into the media reminding everybody that she's still missing Mm -hmm. this is this is actually several snippets of newspapers okay I love that they would do that though like for her Mm -hmm. you know every year Celeste Nurse delivered Zephanie on April 28th 1997 by cesarean section in the Groot Shore Hospital Cape Town South Africa Celeste described a person in a nurse's uniform comforting her while her baby was still in the nearby cot before falling asleep. When Celeste has woken up, a nurse kept asking her where the baby was, and at this point she realized that Zephanie had been taken. The hospital contacted the police for assistance in searching. However, only a few untraceable items were found, including Zephanie's baby nest, which is, I think, like a bassinet type thing. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm a baby garment, and a handbag with no identifiable items. A pillow was found in a tunnel that was intended to provide direct access to the women in labor ward from the street. The tunnel also provides access to the um, old main building, um, which where, where there's a psychiatric department and an outpatient section, which at the time had unrestricted access. The nurse family believed that the kidnapper took precautions to move through the ward unnoticed, The pillow was probably used to fake a pregnancy, as no one would question a pregnant woman moving around in a maternity ward. The woman, now dressed as a nurse in maroon pants and an oatmeal top, made an effort to befriend the mothers in the ward. One of the expectant mothers, who remembers the kidnapper's face, had spoken to her briefly. On another occasion, this same mother found her holding her baby, And when questioned, the woman replied that the baby had been crying and she was comforting it. In a later interview, Celeste Nurse said her intention was to steal that child. She didn't care which child it was. Five days after Zephanie's birth, the Nurse family went home without their daughter. Now, I am going to tell you guys about this. The woman who was questioned that said, um, so the maroon pants and the oatmeal top, that's how... Celeste described the nurse that she last saw with her baby, with Zephanie. Okay. Uh-huh. So this other woman who was in the maternity ward at the time was like, yeah, I woke up to that woman, that nurse, maroon pants, oatmeal top, holding my baby. And she claimed my baby was crying. Okay. 
she says she absolutely remembers the face of the kidnapper. But 17 years later, she did not identify Lavona as being that person. Oh, really? So I do want to put that information in there because that is a part of this case. For sure. So... Take it for what it what it's worth. Celeste Nurse clung to the hope that what had happened was not real or a kind of sick joke and that someone would bring her her daughter. We came home to nothing. Every year since the kidnapping, the Nurse family would celebrate Zephanie's birthday on on the 28th. I said, um, sorry, this is a typo because it says August, but she was born in April, April 28th, in an attempt to keep the search for her in the media. Celeste has also given a number of interviews many a times when other kidnappings have occurred, always offering support to the affected families. In at least two incidences, the nurse family were given hope that their daughter would be returned home. One woman, whose neighbors had not noticed her pregnancy, was investigated by by police. However, while the child closely resembled, resembled the missing Zephanie, it was a boy, so that cleared that up. In another instance, after almost 12 years of no news, in July 2009, the nurses received a phone call in which a woman whispered, I know about your daughter. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's a little sinister. For sure. And because I whispered it, it made it even worse. Oh, totally. It (laughs) made a very dramatic effect. Um, And asked for $5,000 South African, um, excuse me, $500,000 South African rand, which is approximately $70,000 in 2009 U.S. dollars, to be delivered at a prearranged place. Police were contacted and the drop-off monitored. However, no one arrived to collect the money. The call was later traced to Glenda Dubell, Dubell, a neighbor of Celeste Nurse's mother, who was charged with extortion and was given three years house arrest and a $5,000 fine and $600 or 600 hours of community service. So in other words, Celeste's mother, so this child, this missing child's grandmother, it's her neighbor that's just like, you know what? I bet I could just extort some money out of these people. Wow. My God. People are so greedy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of some things that have been happening in the news, all right, over the last 17 years. And that's the story that the world knew until we get to the point where she is discovered. So Miche ended up staying with with, uh, Marchionette for two weeks before being able to return home to Michael. Um, Her phone, though, (laughs) she... She was finally allowed to to be on her phone, but they made her block Facebook on purpose because they didn't want the media and Facebook comments and things like that to harm Miche because, of course, people are going hard at her mom. Oh, gosh, I'm sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, for a bit, she had to clear some things up with her boyfriend because she just dropped off the face of the earth. So her boyfriend, no, no, no one knew like really what was going on. So her boyfriend thought she was seeing someone else and just ghosted him. Oh, wow. So that, I so mean, she, she had to a, get her relationship like back right. in order. Think about this. What's important to a 17 year old high school girl. For sure. You've just flipped her, you know, world completely upside down and right down to even that of having explained to the boyfriend. But I don't, as I said before, I don't want to take away from her book because it's such a good read. But this is what it was like for her. There's so much insightfulness and reflection on her that I just couldn't capture it in a podcast anyway. But she did try to have a relationship with her biological parent parents. But the fact of the matter is they aren't her parents. 
They were divorced. They were different. There was chaos and drama. They smoked. They drank alcohol. A lot. These are the things that Miche was not accustomed to. But most of all, they weren't there for her when she needed them the most. Of course, they spoke to the media. A lot. And not everyone they not everything that they spoke of was truthful. And she so, caught on to that. I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure that made it hard for her too. And hard for like, her to Wait. trust them. Yeah. What were they saying? I did put snippets in here, yep. Throughout the year, when the truth came out and her mother's trial was there, the, or when her mother's trial was happening, there was a lot going on in the media and a lot of measures taken to protect Miche's real identity as she was expected to just keep going on in life without the person that she loved the most because she was, you know, her mom was behind bars awaiting trial for kidnapping her, provided her a loving and stable life. Like, that's so hard for oh her. Oh, my gosh. That is awful because it's like, I mean, I'm not... Of course. Please don't come at us in the re- reviews. No. My God. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> it's Jesus getting old. Christ. But what I was going to say is, like, I, like, of course, do not condone kidnapping a child. But also no. I get the desperation of her, her mother, you know, wanting a child mm-hmm. if she were to have done that. Like, mm-hmm. there was that desperation, and she obviously wanted a child to love and care for, right. which she did. And it's like, which she did love and cow. care for, and that's what Miche wants the world to know. And, yes, that's hard for Celeste and Morn to accept, and I get that, but I also fully understand Miche's position here where she's like, you guys are treating – the woman who provided me a loving, appropriate, stable home like a criminal. Right. And no, we are not condoning child, any, kidnapping, no, abuse, For anything. For the love of God, please do not My say it. gracious. But no, but it's like you just, you get that, that other side of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just kind of yep. looking at that perspective of like, if she, which you haven't told me, you know, right. the ending, so I don't know, but if she were to have done it. Yep. And really did. It's like it's like you get that desperation of want. You just lost your own child. Yes. Again, not saying it's okay, but it's like she did it, and then time she gave the time. child a great life. It's right. like, ugh. and you you keep losing children. Yeah, I mean that's that's desperate. Yeah, absolutely. So Miche was a minor, so she did have a lawyer for children's rights that was assigned to the case. Miche's lawyer was Ann Skelton. Um, she and she had her work cut out for her on the ticking clock. Because Miche's about to be 18. And the way the laws were written at the time, the minute she's 18, she's fair game for the media. But she's also the victim. There weren't laws that protected, there's laws that protect children from their names being released until they're 18. Uh But not when you're the identity of victims. And so just to, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag now and tell you that Anne does do the damn thing. She gets laws changed to protect the identity of victims after they've turned 18 as well and gives the victim the opportunity to have the power for when the media or anyone learns their real identity, if ever. Yeah. So that was a huge win. A huge win. Mm -hmm. But it also becomes part of the problem because Anne Skelton is her lawyer, right? For her case now Miche feels like she's be- being put on a platform for changing laws while she's going through which is great 
but she's going through her mother's trial, trying to get through her senior year, trying to get through adjusting to life without her mother. Yeah. Okay. That alone so, is, is when she was super close to her mom, like that yes. had to be so hard. Devastating. And she can't see her mom. She cannot go visit her mom be- until the trial is over. So yeah, it's things are real, real messed up for her right now. And it's a wonderful thing what Anne does. But from Miche's perspective, it's just like adding more. So Miche's case is such a unique situation, but a perfect example of why laws need to be in place to protect the identity of, of child victims after they come of age. Miche had to finish her senior year of school while her mother's trial was going on. As a matter of fact, the day her mom testified was when Miche had to write her exams. I can't imagine how incredibly hard that was for her. Uh, oh, my gosh. Not to mention, she was still trying to get to know Celeste and Morn, who, like I said, were divorced. And Celeste made no qualms at letting Miche know right off the bat that Morn cheated on her with his current girlfriend. And Miche was not used to this kind of drama, especially not from parental figures. They smoked with her in the car. They had three other children. So now she's an oldest sibling to all these other children. It was a lot. And they would fight in front of her as well. Also something she's not accustomed to. There would, were, were plenty of times when they would speak to the media for profit and tell them how close they were with Miche, and it was all a lie. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. These had been things that she had grown up with. Miche probably could have coped and maybe formed a bond easier with them, but it just wasn't. She right. wasn't used to seeing fighting. She wasn't used to having drink and smoke around her and... The drama and the cheating and the girlfriend and the talking bad about each parent and all of this stuff. She even recalled in the book that there was a big fight in a spectacle in the middle of the uh, street once involving Morn's girlfriend that she was present for. The media got a hold of everything and they had Zephanie's name, not her real identity, of course, but that stuff's not helping because then she not only did she experience it, but now she's reading it in the papers and she's like, great, you know. There was also hard feelings because Miche did not accept them as her parents and love them instantly. She wasn't the infant that she, that they lost. She was a nearly adult woman with 17 years under her belt, becoming her own woman in a reflection of her own environment. So she considers herself lucky that her situation was as good as it was. She isn't so naive as to think that she couldn't have been stolen and given to an evil person for evil intentions. But that's the problem. Celeste and Morn see her mother, Lavona, as an evil person. And in their story, she's the villain. But in Miche's story, she's the hero. So that does complicate their bond. Very, very complicated. Uh, And I will say this. Lavona and Michael, at every turn, encouraged Miche to get to know her biological parents. Oh, really? Yes. They did not speak ill of them. They did not. Michael, especially, because he had the most, I mean, you know. It impacted him, too. It did. It did. And Miche got to come back and live with him. So he was very much trying to encourage and support. Um, As a matter of fact, there was times when he lent uh, Celeste money. Oh, really? To help her. Mm -hmm. Yep. So think about the person that you trusted most in the world. What would you do if you learned this person stole you as an infant and raised you to be smart, spoiled in a good way? compassionate, and level-headed. How would you feel about them and others in your life then? As you can expect, Miche has trust issues today. Absolutely. I will tell you that after she graduated, she was still dating the boy, Eric, that her mom said talked too much. She became pregnant. 
When she learned that she was pregnant, Celeste was not there for her. Morn was not there for her, but Michael was. He was even there when she delivered and helped her push. Oh, my goodness. Which actually really reminded me of my dad because when I was having my first child, my husband could not calm me down. The only person that could was my dad. Oh, really? I don't think I would have gotten through that. It, like, nearly killed me and without my dad. Aww. Yeah. He was the only person to, like, look me in the eye, keep me calm. So I, I really, like, resonated, yeah. you know, with that. Uh-huh. But imagine... Miche not being able to talk to the person that you love and need the most when you're so young and pregnant. I can't imagine that. That would be so hard. Even worse, I'm about to drop another bomb. No. Yeah. Just prepare everyone emotionally. Unfortunately, she learned that that boy that she had been dating for so long, who who she has her daughter Sophia with, was actually married to another woman the entire time. What? Oh, my gosh. I know. Universe, stop. I know. Stop it. I know. This is not fair. It's not at all. So imagine what this does for her trust in people. Uh, no more. Even more. The woman actually ended up reaching out to her on Facebook and told her. Wow. She immediately stopped a relationship with him. Of course, the media had a heyday when they learned that Zephanie Nurse was pregnant. Now they still don't know her real identity of Mishi Solomon. Okay. But they get a hold that Zephanie Nurse is pregnant. And that really upset Mishi because she's like, she felt like that reflected poorly on her parents. And it was not her parents. I mean, pregnancies happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they do. Right. She And she's an adult at this point in time. She'd graduated high school and she's an adult, but she doesn't have her mom. But she felt like she was just really young and they're religious and she's on, you know, she's unwed. So she felt bad. Sure. I mean, she's dealing with all of that stuff and then the Mm -hmm. guilt of like being a single mom now. Yep. How old was her boyfriend? He was like four years older than Okay, her. so he was out of high school. like Yes, he, he was out of high school her junior year when he was like picking her up from school and things like that. He, Yeah, he had <sighs> long graduated. Well, shame she started, on him. He was, had just graduated when they started dating when she was in ninth grade. And that's when her mom was like, he talks too much. He's too good, you know, a good looking man is everyone's oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. He, he and was that married. was true. Yep. How true. Yep. Celeste and Morn wanted to sell their story, but they needed Miche to be able to do that. After she met with the author, she did not like the feel of it at all. She didn't say this in the story or in the book, but it was likely because of the way that it would paint her mother, Livonia, I would imagine. But she was very uncomfortable with it. There were many times where she felt isolated because. She would tell, you know, have friends and tell her friends something. And the next thing she knew, it's a, there's a story about it in the media. Oh, my gosh. Because her friends are, bene- are profiting. So- this poor girl, my heart just breaks for her. Like, how could you trust anyone? Right. How did she keep it together? I would have I had a psychotic break ages ago. Absolutely. Yep. There is one person that I haven't mentioned, and you can read more about her in the book, but there was one teacher in that high school that she trusted and confided in, and that was really like the one person besides Michael and her mom who always kept anything that she said, you know, to her to herself. You know what I mean? Never, she was approached by the media. She never shared anything. As a matter of fact, she was super uncomfortable, even with Miche's permission, talking to the author for the book. 
that oh. Miche was writing. Wow. Yeah. So in 2016, Lavona Solomon was sentenced to 10 years in jail for kidnapping, fraud, and violating the Children's Acts. Oh, my gosh. The judge criticized her for showing no remorse during the trial and said, quote, I felt like death was happening to me, Miche says. I was like, how am I going to cope? How am I going to get through life without the mother that I had every day in my life? Later that year, Miche visited Livonia in prison and was able to speak to her for the first time since the social workers had arrived at her school. Now, that happened in 2015. She was sentenced in 2016. It had been more than a year since her world was flipped upside down and she was finally able to talk to her mother. I guess I don't understand why she couldn't talk to her mom after the the sentencing at least. Like it's done. That was well that's the thing. I it's mean done. it just took so long. Then that is when she was able to okay, finally. It just took yeah, that long. but okay. it just took that long. Gotcha. I thought there was maybe like more of a period of waiting after that or something. No, but no. The uh, but the first visit the first visit. The first visit was behind a window. There was no contact. They couldn't even speak to each other. I this is so hard because it's like okay, if she did it it was wrong, clearly. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then it's like she loved this child, the mm-hmm. child loved her, and there's so there's this heartbreak there, and like, oh yep. my gosh. It's complicated. I just can't. With I mean, this. what would you do, Amber? I asked you in the beginning, what would you do? I asked you in the beginning to think about the one person in the world that you trust the most. Okay. Okay. Now, what do you do in this position? I think I would react exactly Hard drugs. like Misha. <laughs> Hard drugs. I don't even know. <laughs> the only, and that's just it. Good on Misha for not turning down and, that path. Amen. Yeah, it sounds like she's yep. still a pretty she amazing is. person. Yes. Yes. No. I, in all seriousness, I don't. I don't even know how I would comprehend any right. of it. But am I just going to run to that family that I don't know and love them? No, love isn't something that just automatically happens like that. Yeah. It's a bond that's formed over time. Yeah, you can't just like turn the switch on. No, but for Celeste and Morn, if you when you have a child, that love does just get turned on. I will say too, I so, feel like if possibly there was a different approach to how this was handled mm-hmm. that it maybe wouldn't and I don't know I'm just right. me speculating I don't know if it would have been different but she was bombed with this like the bomb was dropped it was like immediate trauma to her there was no like slowly introducing this family it was like bam you're these you're, aren't your exactly not hey, your real parents right bam this is your family bam like yep. and so I'm sure in some way there is like some kind of wall built up from by her. Like, Literally one minute you're sitting in math class, class, and the next minute you're Zephanie Nurse, an entirely yeah. different person. Like, oh, I think you would have resentment and toward the other family. Pa- yeah, different parents. Yeah. yeah. It's not that it's the other family's fault, but it's like no. you're, it's just like shoved in, like this is your family. Yes. And so if there was maybe like a more trauma sensitive approach. It could have been different. A little. I do. Maybe. I do think so. I don't know. I also think and if you read the book, you'll see there needed to be more help with Celeste and Morn on how to how to approach this and how to handle this yeah, as well. They for didn't sure. they didn't there was I think mistakes on both sides. Like, for sure. Yeah. I mean this poor girl had no time to process any part of this, which all parts would have taken 
a long time yep. to yep. do. Yep, it cannot happen overnight like how her world went tits up. I you would, know? yeah. Tits over elbows. Yes. If that's po- I don't even know if that's possible, but. It, it sounds painful either it way, does. and this was for her. I'm trying to visualize it. But no, like I would have resistance to bonding with this new family yeah. naturally through all this. Yep. Like, whoa. And then the first time that you do get to see your who you consider to be your mother is over a year later. You see her in female prisoner clothing. She looks different. And you don't get to talk to her. They just sat there and cried and cried looking at each other. Oh, I mean, that's, that's so another awful. thing. Why was the first visit no contact? Like, come on. Yeah. I, I'm picturing my mom in scrubs or, or a, a jumpsuit right now, and it's a horrible sight. Yes, yes. Although she wears vibrant colors well. She does. She is a sucker for the really bright colors. So maybe that orange would be. It'd be all right on her. Yeah. yeah. So M- Miche began working in a ministry and raising Sophia while living with Michael. She dated a little bit. There was a man that she had been kind of talking to, as the kids say these days. <laughs> the kids. As the kids say. And uh, the first time that they were intimate, she got pregnant again. Okay. Now, this was extremely difficult for her to cope with. She felt ashamed. She felt that people in the media would judge this again as a reflection of how she was raised. She does not want the world to see her parents as horrible people. Um, birth control fails. It does. Uh, She did not believe in abortion religiously. And Celeste had also told her that she also did not believe in abortion. um, But she tried to hide it as long as she could. Michael was there for her again and was never angry with her. Oh, he really loved her. Loves. Yes. Loves. Yes, he does. Yep. The, The father of the child really wanted to have a relationship with her. But she fully admits in the book that she didn't allow it because she did not trust anyone. I get it. Me too. I do. She was probably expecting a wife to be messaging yeah, her like from somewhere. Yeah, like anytime now. Yep, yep. He does have a relationship with his son, okay, today, and she does encourage that, just so you know. Um, Miche still tries to have a, a relationship with her biological family, and Michael and Livonia still continue to support and encourage this. Michael has given Celeste money and opened his home to her and the three other children that they had when needed. Something that I have not touched upon yet is that Celeste and Morn were young when they had Zephanie. So 17 years later when they meet, Miche is realizing just how young they seem with the way that they acted with one another. Because her parents were older. They were in their 30s and 40s when they were raising her. So Miche Solomon has chosen to keep that name that she was raised with rather than the one that she was born with. But somehow, despite the psychological catastrophe of discovering that the woman who raised her had possibly actually stolen her, she has somehow made peace with both of her identities. That's good. She said, I think I hated Zephanie in the beginning. She came with such force, such an uninvited invasion, so much suffering and so much pain. But Zephanie is the truth. And Miche, the 17-year-old girl that I was, she was a lie. So I've managed to balance both names. You can call me Zephanie or Miche. It's fine. Oh, I'm I'm glad. It sounds like she got some maybe some help. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, she so, did. So good she for did. her. Yep, she yeah, she did. Good for her. Um, she does still go by her, you know, Miche Salomon, like I said. I will tell you that Miche's real identity was kept secret for five years, thanks to Ann Skelton's work. And 
Miche applied for the ban restricting the publication of her real name, Miche Solomon, to be lifted, which was granted by the High Court in Pretoria on August 13, 2019. Hours after the ban was lifted, Zephanie announced that her Miche announced that her book entitled Zephanie, Two Mothers, One Daughter, an Astonishing True Story, would hit shelves. Miche Solomon, as she is now called after the High Court ruling, dedicated the book to both m- mothers in an article by The Times Live. So Miche today finds herself wishing the time away so that her mother can come home. She is set to release in 2025. She's a good mom. She has the unrelenting support of Michael, who she considers to be her father. And she works as an advocate for children. And I'm going to end with her own words from her book. Quote, I don't want people to think I'm selfish or that I don't give my biological family a a chance. That's why I wanted to write this book, so that people can see another perspective. At the time that I needed a mom the most, Celeste and Morn weren't there for me. And it's not like there haven't been many other opportunities that they have had a lot of chances. I'm always comparing the two sets of parents, especially Morn and my dad. Morn, well, he's a lost cause. I just don't love him like a dad. I'm sorry if that's offensive or heartbreaking for him. For me, Morn simply fails as a father. He's not there for his other kids either. I honestly, deeply wish that they could have had the father and mother like my parents. I don't think I could get used to the smoking and drinking. Even before my daddy stopped drinking altogether, he would never do it in front of me. So I felt uncomfortable when I went to Morn's family for a braai, and they said, Chastity, bring the bottle of wine from the fridge. I worried that she'd be exposed to that type of lifestyle. The relationship with Celeste has changed. She still lacks a lot of things, and she'll never be the mother that I grew up with or the mother that I want her to be, but she tries. I remember at the time that they were recording my voice for the documentary, after my mom's sentencing, and in the middle of my pregnancy— I was going through a very confusing time. I said something harsh about Celeste, like she'll never be better than my mother. Celeste heard that, and it hurt her badly. I felt bad that I hurt her. I really did. But the truth is, she'll never be able to take my mom's place. I wasn't raised up and down. I was raised level with Lavona and Michael. I know I am truly wanted. Oh, gosh, what a complicated situation because it's like typically i think the the cliche thought would be like she reunites with her family and it's happily ever after but it's not always like that it wasn't that way and just like the way she was like you know what with lavona and michael i always know i'm wanted yeah it's really all a kid need wants right to know that they're wanted and loved she has to question that with the other parents because of all the circumstances, not just because of things that they've done since they've met, but because of the tragic circumstances that led them there. My goodness. And she does say there was some articles, but again, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust there. There was, um, there was a reporter that Miche had another thing that destroyed her trust. There was a reporter that Miche had really felt like she could trust and had written a lot of, articles exactly like Miche wanted and then all of a sudden she broke the news that she was pregnant without permission 
And so Miche's like, and there we have the truth. I was just a meal ticket for her. So for that person. So um, there was a lot of that that happened to her throughout a couple of year span. And it must be so it must have been. I don't know where where she's at now, but it sounds like she's doing well. She's doing well. Yep, she's raising people. I mean, gosh, that would be so hard. She's an advocate for children as her job. She's raising her two kids. Her two kids do have relationships with their father. Um, She's doing, you know, as well as she can be. But she is um, finding herself, she is wishing the time away because she can't wait for her mother to be released in 2025. I need to see her. Oh, she's gorgeous. Um, okay. Are you ready for a bring back? I hope you, I hope you enjoyed the episodes. I hope we covered Miche's story in a way that would make her proud. Um, I didn't feel right. You know, if Morn and Celeste had wrote a book, I just, I think that Miche's perspective, she's the victim in all of this. And I thought her perspective was the most valuable. Oops, um, I pulled up a salon instead of her. My bad. (laughs) Salomon. There we go. (laughs) Okay. Salon. (laughs) That is, I did put salon in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wouldn't you know it? So while you're looking that up, would you like me to give you the brain bath of the day? I would. Yes, please. You're going to really appreciate this one because we love elderly people. Um, this is from mymodernmet.com, and it's called Rules at My Funeral. Now, this is an article that a grandma put out. And it's on TikTok. You can look it up. She's got 4 million followers. Nice. But Lillian Droniak has rules for how you're to behave at her funeral. The article says, some people have a specific way in which they want to be remembered. For 92-year-old Lillian Droniak, there are three very simple, or excuse me, very important rules that she wants mourners to follow when they're at her funeral. And she shared the brief list on TikTok, where she's known as Grandma Droniak, with over 4 million followers. So what are her rules? The first is to cry, but not too much. She doesn't want people making a fool of themselves in her presence. <laughs> she's like, I want a little crying. Right. But don't go little. overboard. I, I'm with this, too. Like, I don't want snot. That's ridiculous. Let's let's make I, it believable. See, I'm a little selfish. I please give me the show. I want okay. the tears. I want someone to throw themselves on the floor. Sh- like, oh, done. I'm and a little done. bougie can with my funeral. Can I sob? Can I wail? I would can like. I, why? why? God, she was so young yes. and vibrant. Even if you're 95. One hundred percent. All right, please. Done. Yes, done. Gone too soon. Right. I, yeah. I want. I, and I. I respect her rules, but I would like the show. Okay. The full show. We need please. a. I. I. You may need to submit a list. I'm already have to write your eulogy I, to yes. be very funny, but I, need I will a let you know list. my wishes. Yep. I would like you to cry, definitely, but make it believable. Like, okay. Oh, she was. I'm. I'm. I'm very very sad, but but keep this not in check. Okay. Grosses me yep. out. Yeah. Grosses me out. Okay. Done. Her second request is that Bertha isn't invited. Do not let that woman in under any circumstances. <laughs> no Bertha. I too will have a list like that, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Won't be saying These names on the podcast. Not be but welcome. There's gonna be a list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I and love this idea for a funeral. Like, this is the no invite yes. list. Yes. Yep. Yep. The do not enter yep. list. Yes. Yes. 
And finally, this one would be on my list too. Grandma Droniak wants people to get drunk afterward and take a shot for her. No, that one, yes, please. Yep. Crack some jokes. Yes. Tell the funny stories. Is this the grandma that's like on the farm or something? I, came I don't know. I a grandma on TikTok the other day and she was really funny, but she, I don't know if it's the same one. Let me show you her face. I will be able to identify. Is this grandma? Oh, nope. That's not the, nope, it's a not different the same grandma. grandma. Okay. I've came across to, um, another granny that has a lot of followers and she's really funny. I don't well, remember who she is. You have to share her. I love, I love these rules. So the video has been viewed a staggering 3.5 million times on the platform with 51,000 comments. A more, majority of those comments wanted to know what the second rule regarding Bertha. I was literally going to say, I want to know who Bertha is. Yes. <laughs> what on earth did she do? In a follow-up video, uh, Droniak shed some light on the Bertha stipulation. She shared that Bertha was someone who she cut out of her life a long time ago because the, quote, troublemaker was, quote, trying to talk to her husband. Oh, uh-uh. And, <laughs> and attempted to steal her style by copying what she wore. Strike two, okay. bitch. Bertha's not coming. Bertha is not coming. You don't try to take her man's. Oh, no. And you don't copy her vibe. No. And Bertha had to go, and I get it that she doesn't even want Bertha showing up to nope. pay respects, sniffing mm-hmm. around her mans. Mm-hmm. No, we're not doing it. That, yeah, that's just it. What if she's, like, trying to console the uh, newly widowed Mr. Droniak? Yeah. No. I'll console with yeah. some tasteful cleavage here, sir. Exactly. No. In my little black dress, out of respect. <laughs> yeah. We know the games. We do. We do. We know that Bertha's of the world. I don't I, even think my so. My wish is, please, for the love of God, please make sure my funeral is color coordinated. Oh, like absolutely. I will come back from the grave yes. if poor color choices are made. I understand. I'm just saying, it's respectable. Yeah. Um, I already told Matt that I will haunt the fuck out of his ass if he moves some young bimbo into my house. Yeah, we did establish. We talked so, about it on Patreon. I will yep. create hauntings for you. Yep. You better. Um, you better. Random pictures of you placed around, mm-hmm. like, I know. She has to be uglier. Yes. And older. Those are the only two. If he finds himself an older, unfortunate-looking lady, like there a granny go. type, he can move that in. That's okay, fine. That's fine. No but one if young. she is young with a perky pair, haunt, help me haunt the fuck out of him. Nope. Not happening. Yep. yep. I, I've got your back. Okay. So th- the whole reason she made the video, though, is just to try to, like, approach the topic of death in a lighthearted way and you know she's like listen death doesn't need to be scary or taboo it helps you live life better if you're not afraid it's inevitable so why not laugh about it sometimes I I love that I love her I love her her humor and and I agree me too so there's there you have it that was that was a good one thank you to grandma I'm gonna go follow her because I I like her I think so too I think we should so, okay, you guys, keep it curious. If you'd like to join our Patreon, crimecuriouspatreon.com, that's what keeps us on the air, and we appreciate all of our Patreons so much. You get extra content. It's not like we're panhandling to give you nothing in return. And also, um, send case suggestions for your own brain bath, and whatever, or just a little note, whatever, to crimecurious at yahoo.com. And to the lovely lady who left us a review saying that we're a great podcast but we're not for children um i love ya your review we read it and laughed 
We did. I mostly chuckled at the, my 70-year-old mother gasps sometimes. I want you to ask your mom just exactly how you came to this earth. Because if she (laughs) pretended like she didn't jump on that deck, I'm here to tell you, honey. She did. So I don't think she's so innocent. Yes. Yeah, but But we we did appreciate that. We do read every review. So thank you guys so much. And if you feel inclined, you know, give us give us a good review. That would help our self esteem out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all for us. (laughs) Literally. To help us. Yes. Yeah. No. All right, you guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye.